I don't know. You um, know, who who knows? Who knows? We we aren't doctors. We don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, do you want to talk about music? Sure. I mean, it's funny because. Um, it's like it's so hard to think that it's just you're such a good friend and also it's just like a you're an easy chat and amazing interviewer also like very amazing oh my god not fl- i'm not fluffing you're not here like you're gonna make me blush <laughs> i was reflecting on that because from our last from our last chat till now and we, that's kind of why you know we like call each other it's like so much has happened like i don't even know like i don't i felt guilty like tr- posting the last one because I'm like I, all I did was I'll be you know it's music you're self-promoting you're talking about yourself and then I was like oh my gosh I don't want to talk about myself at all right now I want to talk about almost anything else because well, right. it's just so crazy so it's again balance like how do you how do you talk about this beauty and this art that you're creating to help people and help yourself and put some beauty out into the world while still being very aware and putting out information more than anything (laughs) about what's currently happening well i know um well and that was especially the case because we recorded the original episode two weeks before george floyd was killed yes so we had no idea that all of this stuff was uh you know that the whole national conversation was going to change in such a big way and not just national but there were you know obviously there were a lot of people like in other countries who were also saying that our police were fucked up you know um, it's just and, unreal and uh so yeah i mean obviously both of us felt kind of weird about doing like promoting our own creative endeavors at the time yeah. but no regrets but um <clears throat> no of course not but um but i actually heard phoebe bridgers say a really good thing about that when she was putting out her album uh which would have been like maybe a month later you know mm-hmm. like in either late june or yeah i think it must have been in mid mid to late june that she put out her record and um there was like a bit of a question about that like you know how do you handle putting um putting a record out and like talking about yourself during this time um you know do, not only when you can't tour and and you know promote your record properly but also when you're sort of like competing for people's attention with protests and all this stuff and like do you feel bad about promoting and and basically she was like well a lot of people are sort of acting like they need to wait until this all goes away but this we don't want this all to go away we want people to keep fighting for their rights and well said, well said, well so said. so she said i hope it never ever goes away i hope it never ever stops unless you know obviously unless um these these changes are actually made but like but basically what she said was like as much as those are totally real things and and like i fully support it um you know some of us still have to do these things for ourselves and for um you know especially somebody on her level where it's like that's her career but um but also from the angle of like 
you know this is like making art is and um and doing creative endeavors in general is like you know it helps not only yourself but also anybody who who needs not an escape but but a relief because um because you know it is a stressful time not just because we see all of these instances of people being unjustly killed um or because of people well i guess unjustly dying because of uh the negligence of our government when it comes to the coronavirus as well um and i mean we just saw last last week in the or this week in the headlines where you know kim reynolds misappropriated 21 million dollars that was supposed to go to covid stuff and right and i'm just deep breathing deep so breathing we, over here so we need a relief uh, from these things you know so we deserve um to create and people deserve and we deserve to consume creations as well that are that are a relief or are uh cathartic uh you know from these situations as well um I mean, and that's the whole thing is like, obviously you can, you can promote your own stuff, but, but you should also talk about things that people should hear about. And I think, I think we we're all capable of finding a balance between, um, between having conversations that need to be had and also saying, Hey, here's this thing I did. You know, if you, if you need to take a minute, enjoy it, you know? And I think if our, our interview the last time, or our, our ch- it's so hard to say interview with you because I, like, I admire you as a professional, but you're my friend. So it's like our chat, our professional, slightly me getting like crazy a little bit at the end there chat. Um, it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, too, it's like that happened at the beginning of the, well, not beginning, in the midst of this quarantine where kind of all your identities and in and, and an egoic role role play kind of way in our society are stripped away. So it's like, as much as I really validate um, what Phoebe was saying, and thank you for sharing that. Cause that, I remember you sharing with that, that with me earlier and that is such a relief to hear others words can really take the pressure off of yourself sometimes when you just get a different perspective. So I greatly appreciate that. But I think too, it's like, it's such a different circumstance. Like for me, it's like, I teach at a school that focuses with low-income families that are predominantly immigrant, Latino, Hispanic, and Black. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, why that has, happens to be our lowest incomes in Des Moines. But I love the school for that because it's giving a lot of people the chance to get on an even playing field, which is what every single person deserves. So it didn't feel like I was just making decisions for myself. I was like, man, like whose story am I telling right now? Like my, like my students don't want to hear about my songs and like my triggers and this stuff that's coming up. Like, you know, they, they still, their songs needed to be heard. So, I mean, I got pretty inspired after that to start um, online classes for songwriting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. How do teachers, how are teachers teaching classes with like 20 to 40 students in it on Zoom? Because one was, one just to like do songwriting was like, it, you, you can't reach through the like the computer and move somebody's hand on a guitar or, right. you know, like, sh- like move their diaphragm for them to show them a note. Like, right. It, 
talk about an incomplete evolution in communication. So, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It's got to be is weird. It's got to be so difficult to be going to school online like that. Um, I I have all of the you know respect and sympathy in the world for uh, all the teachers who are doing that right now and all the students who. Um, you know, anybody who's trying their best to still get an education during all of this, I'm so glad that, you know, I don't have to right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, man. But um, so so are you doing those lessons, those songwriting lessons through City Voices, too? Or yes, it's like the so same students mostly or talk a little more about that. Ah, thank you. I'd love to because I love City Voices. Um so if you're not familiar with City Voices, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, then I got to cough a little. Okay. <coughs> oh, my goodness. I ate some popcorn. Mm-hmm. No regrets. I popped, <laughs> it on the, popped it on the stove, too. Um, but I took the lid off too soon, so now there's popcorn everywhere. <laughs> it's, it, it flies, man. That, sh- that's, that shit travels. It does. So, <laughs> um, it's on Ingersoll Avenue, really close to the 42nd Street exit. Mm-hmm. And it's um, that little brick building. It has a, a paper sign that says City Voices, but it's super cute. Uh, and I've been working there for the past four years. And usually it's been songwriting classes that turned into recording classes that turned into mixing and production classes. So luckily, I've been able to learn a lot of recording and mixing and sources, not only through amazing people who have helped me with my own records, but because students ask the questions that like I might skip over in my brain. So mm-hmm. then you have to find an answer and you have to find a true understanding to be able to explain it. So it's that like the most cliche, like it's the students teaching me, <laughs> but, in a, <laughs> but, but in a way it is. I'm like, Oh crap. Like I have to know that, like to, to answer that and explain that for you. And anymore, the way technology is going to, I mean, they're so brilliant. They're showing me things half the time anyway, or quicker ways to do things. Uh-huh. But those three courses were the primary ones. And then, you know, come February, all of them just got canceled before we could kind of readjust into Zoom and this very, like, Aquarian, ethereal internet state that we live in now. But um, now it's just songwriting. I haven't quite figured out any, and if you have any recommendations, I'm open. But I haven't quite figured out how to do um, recording and mixing classes via Zoom yet, unless it's like kind of back and forth and sharing one on one. And I know the DMMC is doing a really good job of actually doing just what I'm struggling with, but um, I just love that in person connection and being able to bring a kid into the studio because it's like you know, too, like it's it, it makes you put on a different game face to be in that atmosphere, really. Mm-hmm. feel the magic of the studio but I mean for the most part the students that I've been working with currently are new students which the coolest thing is they all are writing the most revolutionary songs oh yeah oh my gosh it is powerful and they're all they're all of different ages races and backgrounds and just have the same message which is and different understandings of that same message of course but it was it's interesting that that was their choice all of them that aren't in the same class together they're all working just individually with me nobody hears each other's projects really mm, not at all not at all so they but they all were writing you know about 
everything that's happening in our world and the change that they want to see and kind of in some you know with empathetic sympathetic and heavy hearts write more about like how it makes them feel some kind of stand up and are like this is what we need to do Mm -hmm. but that's been cool but those were all new students this year um in the past i've worked with uh, with a handful of the same students but they graduate Sure. It's just like it's just like normal high school. They graduate and then they're gone, and then it's like all I do is dream about Damaris because she's she sings better than any person I've ever met in my entire life, and she's you know now just eighteen years old, and mm-hmm. she's unbelievable. I met her when she was fifteen, and I was like, "Don't ever listen to me sing Damaris. Like it's not singing compared to you." Like oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's City Voices. They take uh, donations at all times. The woman that runs it is Marianne Sims, and she keeps it open by writing grants weekly because it's not a private school and it's not a charter school so it doesn't get um, consistent funding whatsoever so that one person is just like the absolute charge and gasoline behind this entire school is she's one of the most admirable people i've ever met so marianne sims city voices check it out please yeah we'll get um we'll get links for city voices uh website so that people can uh find that to donate if they so choose um, and I, I know that that was one of the things that you said um, when we when I got back from Portland and like you were still not feeling ready to put the original episode out yet. But one of the things you said was like, I wish I'd talked more about City Voices. So that was one of the things I really wanted to uh, give you a chance to discuss and like shed some Thank light you. on the good work that. Uh, that Marianne is doing and that you're doing. Um, Thanks. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And the irony is that that might have been the only time ever that I didn't mention it. <laughs> the timing. <laughs> it's when you're, you know what, when you're, when you live by yourself in a, in a new house all by yourself and you've been there for what, it was like three or four months of quarantine at that point in time. And your friend Forrest calls you. You get really excited. (laughs) I remember something about a drink with olives in it, too. Oh, my gosh. I think I had three three vodka martinis and i was called by the end of the interview i was calling dylan <laughs> yeah i cut that part he, out but uh but you know what he loved that so much mm-hmm. he lo- we ended up talking for like two hours after that oh you called him back uh, of, of course yeah awesome of course we should have all been on the phone together yeah it just wouldn't have made yeah. for very good radio i don't think it was <laughs> no. it was uh no. <laughs> i i did learn a big lesson though that um i that it's very important for, I can only speak for myself, but I really want to be like, it's very important for everyone, but I just know this is my truth, but it is very important for me to check in with my mental and emotional well-being before doing interviews, mm-hmm. because it was, I mean, that was such a, I mean, a break, I mean, teaching was gone, music was gone, every, you know, all these things that you wake up excited to do in, in the morning, for the day are just you know dissipating throughout and then there's all these expectations of you know what you should be doing and I I just really couldn't handle the pressure of that because it's art and songwriting and creating so organic for me so for someone to be like do it it made me want to go I'm not gonna do it so (laughs) (laughs) then not seeing anyone or family and I was like you know what I learned a big lesson about um it's okay to be like yes friend Forrest I want to talk to you very badly but I'm gonna wait until I'm in a, be- in a better emotional state because this has been very hard. And it's kind of, I think it was hard to admit that. And it's not hard to admit, that's how, that's how quarantine will break you. It's not hard to admit that anymore. It was so stinking hard those first three months 
and I mean that made me a little emotional even just saying it <laughs> but it means, yeah I know no. I'm not alone in that I know that a lot of people no that's have that. everybody everybody's yep, feeling that way yep exactly um but but I think you know I listened back to it today because I wanted to see like what I should follow up on you know oh, we had fun too that was good that was and, a good talk and and I and I thought that um <sighs> There was a lot of good stuff, uh, you know, especially near the end there, where you, where you, um, there's a there's a segment where you talk a little bit about, um, you know, judgment from the audience, especially as a woman in the music scene, how how that can look a little bit different, um, and you you like talk about that at at a little bit of length and give a couple of good examples, and I think that was like. That's like a really good moment that um, if people are listening to this before they listen to the main episode, um, stick around till the end because that part's uh, really, really good. Um, And you'll hear me drop the F-bomb like five times. And you know what? No regrets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No regrets. Preston Krauss comes out sometimes when I get real triggered. My my podcast is not for uh, children. So, um, it's, I, I guess I would, if, if anybody asked me, I would say teenagers end up, uh, cause I was definitely swearing and saying all kinds of stuff by the time I was like 14 or 15. So, uh, (laughs) as, you know, as long as (laughs) me too, yeah, but Um, I felt so bad back then. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, not me. I was listening to Blink One Eighty Two, so like I just thought it was the coolest thing ever to to say to like swear and say balls and stuff, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because it's like I think for so long, especially like I think my first interview, like podcast interview ever, was with Brian Campos mm-hmm. for Pants Off podcast, and I remember feeling after doing that, I felt like I over talked and I was just like blah 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 and I was I was you know I'm my worst I'm my best blah, like most people worst critic so and I've like listened back to that and I'm like who's that sweet little gal you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I think it's that bartender in me that like 10 year bartender and teacher and nanny where like you have to, every time you speak you're keeping everything so neutral to keep the peace because like one, you're getting paid to do that. And also people won't give you their money if you don't. If you and offend like, them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that that two feet of bar top of that like limbo of neutrality. I am so glad that is gone now. I am so glad because you know what? Like it is so nice to not have a dollar sign being held over your head to stay neutral or to keep the peace when it's like, I know what is right. Yeah. I know what is wrong. Right. I know what my morals and belief systems are. And it's like the, the pussyfooting around it, tiptoeing around it is what makes it not so clear and not so straightforward. And I was just like, you know what, Krauss, like you don't got to be the bartender anymore. Like, yeah, Ever. that's absolutely true. <laughs> and, of, and of course, you would like in in your lessons, you probably don't like swear at your students, but like, but, no. <laughs> but they do want to use swear words in their songs sometimes. So we have that talk of like, you can use that word if you can prove to me that it has a, like a lot of meaning and a good punch behind it. But if there's a better word, you have to use it. So mm. half the time, half the time, we use the swear word. Sorry, Miss Sims, if you're listening. <laughs> No, I, I think that's probably fine and reasonable. It's their art. It's theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
but but no i mean as an artist and as just like a human you know these 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 are fun words to use so like <laughs> so as you you know being being on a podcast especially where we no longer have to deal with something like the fcc you know like yeah um but what else? So, so one of the, the the reason that you reached out to me and said, "Okay, now I'm ready," was yeah. was that you are planning on putting an EP out soon. That and I felt so. I think I've I don't know the order of it, but it just took. I think it was like two weeks ago that I kind of like. This sounds so weird, but like I even like came out on my social media. I'm like, "Hey guys, I'm back! Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to post again!" Like. I just, I could not even hardly bring myself to do it. I don't know why. I just didn't have anything of substance to say so that there wasn't weight behind it. What was the point? So it was really nice to share other people's words for a while or other people's songs or experiences. But when I felt that momentum, I was like, you've been in the back of my head for, you know, ever since we've done it. So I was just like, okay, I really wish that if we're going to, you know, that we could move forward with purpose, you know what I mean? Because we kind of were just on a chat, which was really nice. And I mean, so grateful still for it. I mean, obviously I really needed it. I was alone here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, but yeah, I kind of pulled the trigger in my mind and in my heart about moving forward with the EP as well. Um, So we got some of the guys together, had a chat and we're going to release hopefully in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if I just say it like it's going to happen, it'll happen. December 21st is is when it will absolutely happen with no doubt at all. And, <laughs> or anything that could possibly hinder it will not. It will be on time December 21st. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, three-song EP, which I've never done an EP before. Mm-hmm. So if you have any advice or can tell me, how to do that that'd be great no, i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I think you i think you do it the same as you do anything else you just do yeah. your best and then put it out and hope people like it <laughs> like it please yes. um and but but one of the things was when we when we did the last uh interview we were talking about like uh, the fact that you were becoming more comfortable with recording yourself and you were like kind of embracing the like no, uh, you know, you you were sort of resentful of click track and being on the grid, and and you were kind of like, I don't really want to fuck with any of that stuff anymore, and um, and so I'm don't curi- tell me what to do, technology. Right. So so I'm curious if that's kind of still the vibe that you're going with for this EP, or is this sort of even a, a different project from what we were discussing at that time. It's still along those lines because I think there's for for sure two of the songs that, if not more, that can't have a click track Mm -hmm. because they are so like um, um, tempo building and free flowing Mm -hmm. that sometimes emotion is the best, emotion is the best tempo that you can have, you know? Absolutely. Like I love like, and I notice anytime, anytime I'm singing and I'm just doing it kind of like at this pace of the world or pace of the earth or whatever this kind of like like slow pounding heartbeat feeling that I get sometimes I not only sing better and fit into the song better but it just it feels more natural I I, I, unfortunately I'm not to a place yet hopefully someday that like I can capture that along with like a click track as much so 
we will definitely use one because it's just going to help once we start incorporating other layers of instrumentation. Uh, at the same time, too, we're still going to do it ourselves. We're still going to um, kind of keep more of a, you know, living room, basement, recording feel. Mm -hmm. um, because I just, after I listen to all the songs I've ever shittily recorded, I still love the way that, like, the, the sound that it is or the experience or even the genre that it is. It's always so much different than when I, like, take it like someplace else like I feel like it gets a little either too polished or a little too organized and I think I love the craft and the art of just like getting lost in the song and not being on a time clock mm -hmm. and that's when the that's for me at least when the magic happens I know a lot of other people are really good at they they thrive under that pressure and that time clock but I just don't I don't I just don't think that's me I think yeah. I need that freedom yeah, that's totally uh, fair and understandable. I mean, I I feel the same way. I'm so much more comfortable, and I think I make much much better art um, when I'm not. Yeah, when I'm when I'm not thinking about the clock so much, and uh, and when I'm in a, a more comfortable, familiar uh, situation. So, so are you? Um, you're recording it at your house then. You're, you're doing um, the EP right now, right? So every... Yes, <laughs> it, it, it has just begun. Um, I've recorded a lot of it at the house, and a lot of that is, like, demo stuff. So like, the, I sent you a song today. It's like, that wasn't even recorded here. That was recorded on my in my little studio apartment on 31st Street. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I hear how, like, lullaby and, like, dreamy that is. It's like, when you just listen to it, but I hear, like... Every, you know what I mean? I hear the full band. I hear the beat. I hear everything that mm -hmm. makes that song like what it's going to be. So, like, it's it, that was really hard only giving you the circulatory system of something. But I'm like, if anybody if anybody can have it, it's Forrest. There's bandmates that haven't heard that yet. <laughs> well, I thought it sounded really cool. Um, aside from the fact that, like, it was a little bit hard to understand the vocals on it. Uh, yeah, they're muffled bad. Uh, but, but otherwise, I really like the vibe of it. And, and I'd be very excited to hear uh, what the, like more polished or more thought through version of that is because I because I thought it sounded super cool and I and I'd love <laughs> to hear more uh more like that, you know. Um oh, thanks. Uh and it sort of, you know, it had a little bit of a dream pop kind of vibe to it. So is that something that you're looking to lean a little more into or I don't even think about genres or any of that kind of stuff when I do it. Like I, I don't know if piano happens to just do that. Because I'm, I, I taught myself. I, I can't, I'm not gonna say I can play the piano because I'm not. It's not good yet. Uh -huh. It will be someday. But like I, like I, I'm. I have like ten songs that are on, that are piano for this next album. But it's like I use a lot of white keys. I use a lot of C, G, D. You know, like those are very like pop, like foundational chords to use. So I think the moment you start, kind of just going and with those chords it's naturally going to have more of that sound i still feel like and maybe you'll catch this too when it hits that chorus like i still think that keeping that americana and folk and soul that i love so very dearly from you know that combination of my dad listening to just like 80s and 90s country and my mom listening to pop and madonna and all that good stuff like mm -hmm. i like i to me like that little like soul of americana and folk is like what i love to embody 
so I love to bring in that classical guitar on the chorus mm-hmm. of that song. And if you know we're losing anybody that's listening, like we will maybe like put a little sample of that song. And I don't know; it's scary to put that out. <laughs> no, we don't have to I, do that. I gotta but if <laughs> someday that's, it will be. Someday but, it will be. But there's a nice little classical guitar part in the chorus that like just kind of brings it back to that warm, folky kind of sound. But then again, too, once we get people in with drums, when we get bass lines in, I, I never know what the direction is going to go. So I'm not trying to go for anything. I'm just trying to write a song and somehow get whatever I hear in my head out <laughs> in a tangible form somehow. I never thought Thoughts and Sound was going to sound like a little country, but then it's like, I totally heard like my inner child like twang come out or I hear like Dylan comes in and it's like, okay, this is kind of like a country folk album now. Okay, I get you. But yeah. we never wanted that even. It was sure. not my choice. Interesting. So, we'll this, see. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like I said, every every song sort of decides for itself what it's going to sound like. And, and part of it is who you have playing the parts, too. Um, which I was going to ask when you say we, um, are you, are you, um, comfortable talking about who's going to be on this EP that, um, that's recording with you? I'll share one name cause there's some surprises that we'll share as time goes on. Okay. Um, but I think the no brainer is Ben Dixon. We've been, um, playing together for the last few years um we talked about him in the last interview Mm -hmm. he um he's a great friend and just an amazing player but also is very um he's very tasteful with not only his ideas but he's pretty respectful too because it's hard to bring you know people your song and be like shit like I don't know if I'm ready for Ben to like know these like things about me like here's this very personal song mm-hmm. like, he's not listening to the lyrics he's no, hearing he doesn't. the whole song exactly he's hearing the whole song and that's why I love working with him because he's big he's so big p- picture and then can fine tune details so so brilliantly which is very different from how you know even Dylan and I work together where Dylan's so emotionally based that he can find he can fine tune the, the, the absolute feeling and I think that I like that I'm able to do that now and really and I was before but it's like now I can really just like encompass like my full like feminine emotion and then here's Ben where he's just like here's kind of what I hear and then he'll strum through a few different things because his repertoire is so and catalog is so vast it's just it's he's so easy to work with and he's he shows up he's a hella consistent reliable person so I think that's the no-brainer <laughs> But Hell the yeah. rest I want to. The rest I want to. The rest I want to save because there's there's um, some cool surprises that I'm excited for. Okay, that's fine. That's great. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the people before before we close <laughs> out? Um, yes, the people. Because I always um, like to give people the opportunity to like close it out their own way, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like Des Moines has been spotlighted with how much we not only appreciate, but how much we need support for our music and our arts and everything in between and all of its forms. And if the pandemic and Rona hasn't shown us that we need that more now than ever, there are plenty of ways to support since, you know, we're not showing up physically for shows anymore, which was so vital and what we needed to prosper and grow 
So if you do have a favorite local band, just go either donate them money, buy their record, listen to it. Um, it doesn't have to be my records. It doesn't have to be at all. <laughs> There'll be a new one soon, but it's, it's a lovely idea to find support in this new age we're entering into where it's, you know, more internet based. And if you can hear a new song that's made in the town that you live in or from a little city in Des Moines or a little city in Iowa named Des Moines, like click on it and it just helps us. And I know I love when I see my friends and the musicians thrive. I know when I feel like I'm doing something and contributing, it feels amazing. And ultimately things feel so much more real and special when they're shared. So we make this music, we make our art so that we can share it and just feel like we're connected or experiencing the same feelings and thoughts as someone else. So if you want to continue to help music grow in Des Moines and in Iowa and ultimately spread that to our friends across the nation, it's very possible. And I think that it will happen um, mainly through the internet for a while. So go to Bandcamp, go to Spotify, um, join my one of 24 Spotify listeners <laughs> <laughs> and go find some other Des Moines people that we love because we've got a really great community of musicians and humans making extraordinary music and it all is different from one another and that's why i like our little community so much mm. uh yeah <laughs> while while we're just talking about um listening to while well, while we're talking about supporting local a couple of my favorite uh iowa records or my favorite iowa releases so far this year have been uh twins and Twins' new record is really, really good. Everybody should check that out. Um, Elizabeth Moen is about to put something out, and her single uh, that she just put out this last week was really, really good. Um, and, of course, listen to Courtney. Um, listen to Christopher the Conquered and Gloom Balloon. Their records just came out. They were very good. And um, oh, and Brooks Strauss, uh, we talked, we mentioned him in the last episode with with Chris Ford as well. But uh, the new Brooks Strauss record. Oh, and lastly, um, I don't know if you remember this, but in the original interview, um, I was talking about a show that Brooks and another singer songwriter uh, played. They were opening for Land of Blood and Sunshine, and everybody talked through their sets. And uh, the other guy, I remembered his name because he put out an album this year too. Uh, ben Driscoll from Marshalltown, really, that really familiar. Really, really, really good. Uh, so uh, check check that out too. There are members of of Land of Blood and Sunshine and and other Eastern Iowa uh, people who are really, really fantastic on that uh, on that record. So Brooks, Ben Driscoll, Elizabeth Moen, Courtney Kraus. Uh, uh, Christopher the Conquered, Gloom Balloon, fucking so many <laughs> twins, so many good people you can support uh, from Iowa. And um, yeah, thanks for listening to this and uh, yeah. and listen to our interview from May uh, below, I guess. 